And so before we continue to submerge into the depths of our inheritance, the unchanging epigraph of our study of our inheritance is the book of Luke 24:44. Then Jesus said to his disciples, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. So that we as the participants of the body of Christ would share together with Christ all the things that are to be fulfilled that are written about him in scripture, we will continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the word of God and the Holy Spirit, looking at what we need to do from our side to receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can put on the new way of life. This is a calling of every holy person, and if a person will not understand this calling and will turn from it, he will lose his salvation. Ephesians 4:22 through 24, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. I again want to remind us, if you can imagine for yourself, a person has not put off the former way of life, his old way of life, and many Christians that don't even know anything about this never have focused upon this because their entire goal was focused upon they're confident 100% in themselves that they inherit salvation because they speak in tongues, because they wash their feet because for one another, because they without control bear children, because they uh, either wear a head covering, because they evangelize, because they do some kind of good work, because they do not sin in <clears throat> in these things but the old person jealousy hatred rumors all these things destroy and instead of healing people from jealousy they heal them from cancer uh, illness of the stomach and all these things happen from hatred and jealousy you know that even it is even familiar and known to doctors that most illnesses, for the most part, they we could say, yes, it's genetics. You know, genetics is genetics, but because people are angry, hate, hating others, can't achieve something, their nervous system is destroyed, their stomach is destroyed, and they're open to all kinds of viruses. They need to be... Uh, healed from jealousy, hatred, uh, deceit that they do not see. This is the old person. And so to fulfill this commanding order, we have been studying three vital, charging, and fundamental acts to put off, be renewed, and put on. We have noted that it is specifically your decision regarding these three destiny-affecting acts to put off, be renewed, and put on that will directly depend on whether we transform ourselves into a vessel of mercy or a vessel of wrath. Will the coming about of our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a guarantee, or will we lose it, which will then our names 
results in our names being blotted out of the Book of Life. In a specific format, we've st been studying uh, the third question. What conditions do we need to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind, we begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of our new person that is created in accordance to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth. We know that this process begins when we begin to proclaim, state the non-existent as existent, when we do not depend on what we feel, but what we know. We have been studying the next condition consisting in the 18th Psalm of David. It reveals the requirements based upon which we are to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Elyon, or God Most High, so that we can forever thrust him out, this old person, from our body into hell with noise, and afterwards erect the, the kingdom of heaven in the form of the stronghold of eternal life in its place of the stronghold of death within our body, not in the heart, not in the mind, but in the body. And this condition is that in the circumstances of our hardship in life, which will happen and continue and will happen, happens and continues happening, when we are putting off the old man, this is the most dangerous time for the children of God. We can call upon the Most High and ask to our God and confess the faith of our heart, stating who God is to us in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, and who we are to God in Christ Jesus, so that God can receive the proper grounds to battle or fight for our earthly body and shame the reigning in it in it in our body sin in the form of the old person by the power of his redemption and with noise forever throw him into hell and this will all happen here on earth before we meet the coming Lord in the air. Getting to know and confessing the power contained in the heart of David in the eight following names of God allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised to be saved from his enemies and for God discovering the truth revealing the power of his names in the heart of David provided God the proper brown, uh, grounds that he needed to use the abilities of these names to battle against the enemies of David and so with our mouth we will justify ourselves and with our mouth we will condemn ourselves I will love you O Lord my strength the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Psalm 18, 1 through 3. And so our lot, our inheritance in the eight names of God, the Lord is my strength, the Lord is my rock, the Lord is my fortress, the Lord is my deliverer, the Lord is my strength in whom I will trust, the Lord is my shield, the Lord is the horn of my salvation, the Lord is my stronghold. And so in a specific format, as much as the Lord has allowed in the measure of our faith, we already looked at the lot of our inheritance and the power contained in the name of God, strength, and have turned to look at our lot in the power of the promise contained in the name of the Most High, Rock. In Scripture, the definition of the word rock relating to the natural quality of God Most High 
and the nature of his children that are born from the seed of the word of truth is illustrated in the following way. Resistant, strong, healthy, wise, tested or tried, rooted, well-established, immovable, constant, continual, fearless, unquenchable, unpenetrating for sin, free from sin and independent from sin, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Here is the quality of a rock pertaining to the name of God Most High found in Scripture in these forms. Stone, cliff, a span, a measuring wreath or a rod, heaviness, weight, and scales. This means a specific weight, as we talked about, by which you can determine the price and worth of the weight individual or item. Scales or scale plates of the Lord pertaining to the name of God rock is the absolute power and ability of the Most High identified as His wisdom to fairly judge or weigh all of the made by Him creation so that each one weighed upon the plates of these scales receive His reward according to His results. And it is what he did in this life, good or bad. Weights of the Most High are commandments and statutes of the Most High, according to which he judges or weighs upon the scale plates of justice, the made by him creation. Therefore, to possess the power of the Most High, consisting in his name Rock, is to possess power to the right to judge yourself and judge those people we carry responsibility for within the parameters of the commandments and statutes of the Lord or to weigh your words and actions upon scale plates of justice of the Most High. What price do we need to pay? We're studying. The price we need to pay in order to possess the right to clothe our spirit into the virtue of a rock of God so that God can receive the proper basis to keep us in His perfect peace. You will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. Isaiah 26.3 In a specific format, we've already looked at the price of four conditions that when fulfilled are called to clothe our spirit into a rock of the Lord. Therefore, we will turn to look at the fifth condition that consists in implementing God's order into our calling or subject your calling to the structure of God, God's order by which by the means of righteous judgment. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them, and let them judge the people at all times. Exodus 18, 21, 22. According, accordingly, we yield four characteristics from this writing that we need to have so that our spirit could be clothed into a rock of the Most High, giving us the right to the power to rule over ourselves, as well as over those people that we carry responsibility for before God. This is to be an able man, have the fear of the of the Lord, fear of God, be a man of truth, and hate covetousness. In the previous services, we in a specific format already looked at the first three characteristics, giving us the right to the power to be clothed into a rock of the Most High, and we'll look today at the fourth characteristic that when fulfilled will allow our spirit to be clothed into the quality of a rock of the Most High. This is to hate covetousness. In the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, prophets be being inspired by the Holy Spirit continually warned the people to uh, thrust out the greed that was in them that was inherited from their forefathers and never ever have these kinds of relationship with each other that many Christians actually do or those who so-called themselves children of God.
1 Peter 5, 2 through 4. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you. First, of course, I speak toward those who are in authority because that's how the Holy Spirit presents it here. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. 1 Peter 5, 2 through 4. Every one of us carries responsibility for someone else. I would like to speak these words to parents and to all leaders. And so... Gain is a love for money or dependence on money, which is the root of all evil. When the Holy Spirit, by the words of Apostle Paul, calls greed or gain dishonest, he reveals the essence of the quality of greed, which is the reason for all of the misfortunes of man on earth, amongst the saints as well as amongst people of the world. In Hebrew, dishonest is rude, destructive, repulsive, unfortunate, perverse, unrighteous, useless, ruined, shameful sinful, evil, evil by habit, unhappy, unbalanced, suspicious, offensive, with blemish or fault, hateful, disastrous, unwelcoming, and filthy. All people that do not honor God with their tithes and offerings, this is their portrait. Practically, the characteristic of dishonest gain describes a person that actively participates in evil work and is successful in evil. For there are many insubordinate, pay attention, many in the first church, many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouth must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. Titus 1, 10, 11, Apostle Paul writes, this to Titus. Dishonest in this place of scripture is shameful, a shame, dishonor, without honor, abomination, what is an embarrassment, scandalous, nakedness, the loss of, in of innocence. Now godliness with contentment, this is Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And if you look at the opposite, it's that the root of all good is freedom from mammon, freedom from the power of money, <clears throat> for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, a man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 11. When in scripture it says that the earth was flooded because the thoughts of man were continuously evil in the eyes of God, this means that these evil thoughts were the result of their dishonest gain or dishonest greed. 
Now Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied about these men, also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them for all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. Jude 1, 14 through 16. You see, all again is for advantage, for gain. The first world perished because they incorrectly behaved toward money. In order to avoid this misfortune and to confirm the truthfulness of uh, of the words written, Apostle Paul wrote that fulfilling his calling, he never had uh, an intention for greed because an absence of greed is one of the unchanging components by which you need to allow people to the service. For our exhortation did not come from error or, un or uncleanness, nor did it in deceit, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, not nor a cloak of covetousness, God is a witness, nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. First Thessalonians 2, 3 through 6. At his time, God had uh, had shown uh, uh, that the people had been doing things according to their own greed and their own benefit. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yes, they are greedy dogs which never have enough, and they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own way, every one for his own gain from his own territory. Isaiah 56, 10 through 11, they do everything for their own gain. And so this greed that is not driven out of you by the way of denying your nation, the house of your father, and your destructive desires is the route that leads to everlasting destruction, deception, hypocrisy, and double, being double, having double standards is what these people have. When we're talking about greed, we also uh, see here pursuing your own popularity or fame. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearful ha or fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? He who walks righteously and speaks unrightly, uprightly. He who despises the gain of oppressions. Who gestures with his hands. Refusing bribes. Who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed. And shuts his eyes from seeing evil. When we're talking about bloodshed, that's when people spread rumors about one another and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. He will dwell on high. His place of defense will be the fortress of a rock. Bread will be given him. His water will be sure. Isaiah 33, 14 through 16. Here it's talking about the bread of life and water of life. When the emissaries of mammon that are clothed into servants of the Lord literally pull out certain places of scripture and pervert them, giving them a different meaning, 
convincing the people that uh, poverty is a spirit, a spirit of poverty, they uh, are pursuing actually uh, this greed to be able to uh, avoid this kind of covetousness. It is necessary to apply your heart to the revelations of the Lord and incline your heart to His testimonies. Psalm 119.36, incline your heart to, to my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. So there are two def- different uh, areas, either the revelation of God or covetousness. If you begin to see covetousness, then the revelations of the Lord will be concealed to you. They will be close to you. They're given only to those who seeks, seeks them, hungers for them, meditates about them, waits for them, and fulfills the condition to, to receive them. Because again, you can't hunger for the revelations of the Lord, God's testimonies, and at the same time, be uh, covetous. And so, again, the requirement to apply your heart to God's testimonies specifically what our heart will incline to or be open to will be our covering, will be our stronghold, will be our our hope, and it will be our goal and our worship. First, to incline your heart to the testimonies of the Lord means acknowledge the authority of the preached word over yourself in the form of the person that is clothed into the power of a Father of God and His helpers who are with Him in one spirit. Second, to incline your heart to the testimonies of the Lord means pay the price for the right to the power to place his seed of the true word into the good soil of your heart. Third, to incline your heart to the testimonies of the Lord means to confess with your mouth the true word that is placed into your heart as something from you personally. Fourth, to incline your heart to the testimonies of the Lord means commit the members of your body in voluntary slavery of the preached truth and hallow his truth in your heart. Fifth, to incline your heart to the testimonies of the Lord means to be vigilant and stand guard of your dedication of the revelations of truth by the armor of continual and total sanctification for the entry of foreign particulates that may try to blend with this truth. And so the listed uh, requirements without cleansing your conscience from dead works uh, will not be legitimate and impossible. The prophets of the Lord were angry because the nation of God, instead of turning their hearts and their thoughts toward God's revelations, would turn their hearts and thoughts to greed and prompted God's wrath uh, in this manner. To whom shall I speak and give warning, Jeremiah writes, that they may hear. Indeed, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot give heed. Behold, the word of the Lord is a reproach to them. They have no delight in it. Therefore, I am full of the fury of the Lord. I am weary of holding it in. I will pour it out on the children outside and on the assembly of young men together. Upon whom does he pour out his wrath? Upon the children of these lawless. 
and on the assembly of young men together. For even the husband shall be taken with wife, and the aged with him who is full of days, and their houses shall be turned over to others, fields and wives together. For I will stretch out my hand against the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord. Because from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have also healed the hurt of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Where there were they ashamed when they had committed abominations? Question. No, they were not all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore they shall fall among those who fall, and the time I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. Because of this shameful greed is why the cherubim on high fell, and he, that is why he was condemned to the fiery furnace. Because of Greed, God did not look at Cain and his gift, because in his offering Cain was not seeking the face of the Lord, but materialistic goods. Because of dishonest gain, Balaam fell, who heard and saw the revelations of the Lord, but decided to choose greed over these things. Because of greed, uh, Judas Iscariot fell because it is because of this greed that he became a thief and betrayed his Lord. In you they take bribes to shed blood. You take a usury and increase. You have made profit from your neighbors by extortion and have forgotten me, says the Lord God. Behold, therefore, I beat my fists at the dishonest profit which you have made, and at the bloodshed which has been in your midst. Can your heart endure, or can your hands remain strong? In the days when I shall deal with you, I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. I will scatter you among the nations, disperse you throughout the countries, and remove your filthiness completely from you. You shall defile yourself in the sight of the nations. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 22, 12 through 16. <clears throat> and now let's turn to the price of the sixth condition. The price for the sixth condition for the right to possess the rock of God within your spirit consists in the words of our mouth and the thoughts of our heart being acceptable before our God. Psalm 19.14 Let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You see here that he here turns to God as his rock. <clears throat> the words of his mouth and the meditations that he had, they can only be acceptable because the Lord is our strength and redeemer. We turn to our rock so that our spirit can be God's rock. In this condition for the right to possess the rock of, the, of God within your spirit, it is necessary for the words of our mouth and the thoughts of our heart would be as one command before God. <clears throat> or as one or two very well disciplined, uh, trained horses that are called to uh, direct our heart to the only one, God. 
because the thoughts that we form within our head, within our mind, they then come from our mouth, and so our mind and our mouth need to work together as one command, and this is only possible when you have a renewed mind and when you have a clean or purified mouth. Considering that the words that are spoken by us are called and are able to justify us to give us eternal life and condemn us also to death or eternal death, it becomes very important to know what is necessary for us to know about the mysterious and powerful nature and purpose of our words and our thoughts. By fulfilling what conditions do our words and our thoughts then become acceptable before God? What characteristics do our words possess that we continuously use when we communicate with God and with each other? How do we need to uh, regard the words that come out of God's mouth and the words that are written in the Holy Scriptures? How do we behave toward the words of God and the words of the apostles and prophets? And how do we accept and receive these words? How do we need to uh, behave toward our own words and the words of others? those against us and those that support us? By what instrument are we able to examine the words that come out, uh, come from our thoughts and that they, we, they are acceptable to God and according to Scripture? How are our words called to be in order to provide God proper grounds to clothe our spirit into the rock of His name? What we need to do from our side so that our words and our thoughts would be able to work as one command? Because according to the written text, we need to conclude that only acceptable words and thoughts before God's face are able to close our spirit into a rock of the Lord, which is the key that opens up the doors to the inheritance of perfect peace. <clears throat> because of ignorance and the indesire that comes from our self-opinion and our self-significance, is for the most part the saved by uh, nations will be forever blotted out of the book of life and will be rejected to serve him my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge I also will reject you from being priest to me because you have forgotten the law of your God I also will forget your children Hosea 4 6 and so the promises that you already bore, because you have uh, rejected knowledge, we receive knowledge in words. We forsake the truth, we hear it, but we don't value the truth that we hear. Knowledge about God is called to be within our words and our thoughts, and we have four directions that we need to have. Who God is for us in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, who we are to God in Christ Jesus, and what we need to do in order to inherit all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus. Knowing these four fundamental 
and destiny impacting disciplines, we will be able to receive these by the words of God that come out of the mouth of God in the words of those that are chosen from Him, the ones He's placed, that He's trusted with His, with his word so that he, they may be His words and carriers of His revelations. For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. 2 Corinthians 1.20 It's talking about the apostles and prophets. <clears throat> Only by the words of those people, <clears throat> not the words of any person, but the words of these people. And so if in the churches there's not such leaders, but those that have uh, self-placed or placed themselves that are self-placed, that there was either a revelation or someone opened it to them or that this person was voted for by majority vote, then God will never entrust them with his truth. They will never, never understand the depths of scripture and everything that they will say, they will do with their mind. They will attempt with their mind to interpret the scriptures and in this way they will resist God and condemn themselves to destruction and those also that follow them. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation who, when, uh, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Acts 10, 34-36 He sent to the sons of Israel his words through Christ, which he is, Apostle Peter and Paul are passing on now and today's apostles also, whom the church does not see. They see the Episcopals, that the status of Episcopals is the status of a deacon. These are not pastors. An Episcopal is lower in calling, say, than a pastor, because a pastor is an apostle, and a pastor is always an Episcopal, but Episcopal not always pastor. An Episcopal is, is an overseer that helps the pastor and leaders that assist. And these people have decided that this apostolic calling, they have called themselves a leading Episcopal. And so by obeying the preached word that comes out of the mouth of the people whom God has foreknew and whom he predestined to be his words and carriers of his great revelations that contain the good goals of God consisting in adopting our body by the redemption of Christ our body will be in our body will be erected the stronghold of life just as we carried the image of this uh, carnal body we can carry the image of the heavenly body in ourselves before we meet the Lord in the air. According to the words of Christ, the ability to receive and keep and grow within your heart the seed of the preached word, and words are again a seed, that his delegated ones will pass on to us, will depend on whether you have the good soil of your heart that is cleansed by the dead works, by the truth of the blood of the cross of Christ, the ability to and readiness to incline your ear to listen to the preached word and 
erecting the stronghold or the kingdom of heaven, the stronghold of life within your body and the ability and readiness to bear fruit, the fruit of righteousness and perseverance within yourself. And all of this will be possible with a renewed mind and a pure mouth. <coughs> but the ones that fell on the ground or the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. No one, when he has lit, lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing in secret that will not be revealed nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him more will be given, and whoever get, does not have even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Luke 8, 15 through 18. Luke was a popular uh, doctor of, of that time, and he was also one that accompanied Apostle Paul. And you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, If you will not listen to me to walk in my law, which I have set before you, to heed the words of my servant, the prophets, whom I sent to you, both rising up early and sending them, but you have not heeded, then I will make this house like Shiloh, and will make this city a curse to all the nations of the earth. Jeremiah 26, 4-6. through 6. And this happened. And today is still visible. Today, Jerusalem, the physical Jerusalem, is still under a curse. And the spiritual Jerusalem, for its most part, is under a curse. Because the spiritual Jerusalem is the church of the living God that is overfilled with people whose mouth is unclean and thoughts are unclean. To listen to the preached word means to accept them into the good soil of your heart and make with these words an oath covenant confirming these words with, by the way of confessing them as the faith of your heart, specifically correct, your correct behavior toward these preach, this preached word uh, and a covenant between you and God will depend on whether you accomplish your salvation, achieve it, or lose it. But I say to you that for every idle word man may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Matthew 12, 36, 37, we more than once have noted that idle words are the confession, confessions uh, of your mouth that are not the faith of your heart because they are not imprinted upon the tablets of our heart because the soil of our heart is not able to receive the seed of the word of truth as it is not cleansed from dead works. At the same time, a heart that is cleansed from dead works is able by the way of meditation and confessing the words of God to bear a sacrifice of praise to God to pay your vows to the Most High and call upon Him in the day of trouble so He may deliver us. Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked God says, What right have you to declare my statutes or take my covenant in your mouth? seeing you hate instruction and cast my words behind you. When you saw a thief, you consent 
consented with him and have been a partaker with adulterers. You give your mouth to evil and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I kept silent. You thought that I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes. Now consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you into pieces, and there be none to deliver. Psalm 50, 14 through 23. Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, will sh- I will show the salvation of God. <clears throat> to, to order your conduct is to watch your mouth. What do we need to know about the mysterious and powerful nature and purpose of our words and our thoughts? What characteristics do our words possess that we continuously use in our communication with God and with one another? Words in their original nature are invisible and eternal and belong to the fourth dimension or fourth realm, which create the existence of the three realms and direct the existence of the three realms. Words is the mystery of sounds that due to their natural essence cannot be seen but are able to be heard and understood with the heart. Words by nature possess different amounts of weight and status of different virtues, as well as are able to be lighter than emptiness. By, words by nature possess scent, fragrant scent, as well as foul scent, independence of the wellspring they come from. Words by nature move at different levels of speed toward the one they address. Words by nature is a boomerang that always returns to the one who speaks them. Words by nature possess different taste, beginning with sweet, sour, salty, and deadly venomous. The one and the same words, but coming from different types or nature of wellspring, can possess different levels of weight, speed, color, and taste. Words are demonstrators of our thoughts or the attempt to conceal true motives of our mind. Words possess either the power of eternally existing living energy or power of eternally existing deadly energy, independence of the wellspring of their existence, identifying the order that comes from eternal life or order that comes from the eternal from eternal death. Words are the atmosphere and nature of the potential of eternal life and atmosphere and potential of eternal death. Words are food. This is also armor that does not have a comparison. The tool of a tiller as well as an instrument. These are also the uh, brushes of a painter. They're also medicine and also poison. Words, depending on their wellspring, can either be uh, bitter cold or burning heat. Words are able to clothe a person into joy and sorrow, are able to calm a person and make him angry, are able to leave leave, uh, joy and gladness, or can bring a person or prompt him to depression and also uh, produce death or life. It's also the light of life that carries the favor of God as well as as well as death that carries demonic curses. Words are 
are judges that level us, measure us, judge us, and compare us and justify us. This is also a subject that we are studying all of our life that has no boundary. Words were, are, and forever will remain and are a phenomenon of the great and misunderstood with our mind mystery that created us, identifies our genesis, and keeps it. When I began to meditate about this, it was just flowing and I was just writing them down without any kind of... Uh, a uh, real uh, extra effort that the Holy Spirit revealed and was written down. The identification of uh, the words that God had spoken, the words let, they are powerful, they are great. In Hebrew, the meaning of this first resounding word let that gave birth to the now visible existence from the eternal existence of the invisible identifies the natural essence of the name of God that has the sure meaning of this word let it be, let there be light or let is and so this word let is creating an existence or genesis, existing in a genesis, demonstrating himself in what exists or in a genesis, keeping existence or genesis, ruling over his existence or his genesis. The first word let, identifying the natural essence of God, is the light of life, able to shine light upon all darkness of man, that by its eternal nature is almighty or with all potential all-powerful, omnipresent, all-knowing, all-perfect, all-wise, containing eternal life, is an eternal, undimming light. The commanding and wondrous word, uh, phrase that came out of God's mouth, let it be, created the unseen, the seen world. We also see this in the book of Matthew and John, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, that you may be, let there be light, that you may be of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust, therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Matthew 5:45 and 48. This word, just as Christ directed towards his disciples, and in the disciples, as soon as Christ spoke them, they received this, they confessed it, they not existent as existent, their perfection, and in this way they allowed the Holy Spirit the opportunity to make them perfect. John 12, 35, 36, Then Jesus said to his disciples, While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. And so, be sons of your Father in heaven, or sons of the light, these are identical. The best minds of man, that in all times, uh, considered it that they're able to identify and define specific uh, things on earth they always understood that 
And not all understood, but some understood that these things exist because of God's word. Independent from their religious belonging, they identified not the mystery of the words, but the results of by their opinion uh, that come from words. And I will <coughs> list some of them, some of their uh, sayings regarding uh, uh, big, that, that they by which they identify the results of words or the use of words. <coughs> I won't uh, list all the names of the people that wrote uh, these sayings, uh, the poets, the politicians, but you will see the only fruit of supernatural work of the greatest wise men of the world within the span of 60 generations is the word, the word and nothing but the word. A half of a word belongs to the one who speaks it and the other half to the one who hears it. The power of the word is limitless. A fortunate word was often enough to stop an army that is coming in a hurry, transform an attack into a victory, and save a country. <coughs> These are people, they uh, identify not words, but the results of, of the words spoken. In scripture, we can identify words, the meaning of identification of word, but they can't identify the words themselves. Also, a Russian poet writes, we, re we actually sing one of his uh, songs. There is a graceful sound in the living word that is spoken, and there is a breath of a not understood holy marvel in it. And so there's a poem he actually wrote, and we sing this poem. This uh, poem and this song is about the Word of God, how prayer uh, affects a person. And so this gentleman Lermontov, he, when he would begin to pray, uh, how it impacted him, this is what he would write. Stupid use of words is sometimes the reason for large errors as well as ignorance. Words for men are just a replacement. A person thinks and knows much more than the thoughts and knowledge that he speaks aloud. Words are without guilt and helpless in the dictionary, but they become a powerful tool of good and evil in the hands of man who is able to use them. To the one that throws a word, it seems light, but to the one who receives this word, it is heavy. They again identify results of words. Yes, I just said it, but you just said it and almost killed with those words. Words are the only thing that will remain forever and will exist for generations. Words is just a small element binding up big feelings and goals that we do not speak out loud. Words are used by a man so that he can hide his thoughts. Words are the likeness of leaves. There are many who state them, but it bears very little fruit. <clears throat> the wisdom of these people 
worst are uh, leaves on a tree and if there are many of them that means it doesn't bear much fruit as a matter of fact that is according to scripture there are different words those chimed as if as if sink in water from them the head spins and from many the ears fade words is a scary thing you can use them in vain but you cannot use them in vain they are living energy and therefore they unescapably impact the soul of the people stating them words are weight words until the time until this time is an unremovable oppression or it will push you against the earth or you will kill an enemy with it we are not given the ability to foresee how our words will be perceived and we are given compassion as we are given grace <coughs> words are wood lo- are wood logs worms are chest burns are flames of thought the soul is inquisitive as the chest is always drowned in words no discipline and the use of words lead to self-will in one's actions. Any word without action is nothing and empty. Words are better than the pale shadow of the countless thoughts that stir in our head. When striving for the truth, the deepest thoughts are always united with the simplest words. We find better thoughts by seeking the correct word. If you want to state a word, then understand the truth behind it every minute. People waste a significantly larger number of words in order to conceal their thoughts rather than to reveal them. They use much, in other words, more words to conceal their thoughts than use words to reveal them. I do not plan to deny that the power of words, of beauty or deceit, as the power of money can prompt all feelings from betrayal to honor. And so there's, of course, a lot more of these kinds of uh, sayings of of these men. The great uh, men of the world were able to see how this word impacts people. And so not a single one of these sayings did not identify words themselves or the wellspring from which these words come. These sayings of these wise men are not able to identify words, but just the results of these words. If that's not enough, they were not able to also understand with their mind the mystery of the genesis of the word. Although they were familiar with uh, the work of a fisherman, John, who did shortly identify one of these uh, words. Or All of these people read the Bible. Many of them were Christian people. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. You see, what a short and deep and wondrous and all-capturing uh, defi- uh, definition of word. 
In essence, the Word of God is information that once was contained in the entrails of God in the format of a a thoric thought. You see in the original how it would be, would be read, because here it's the word, 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 but there it means thought and also the living word. But for us, all is just everything is word in the, in the used as, as the, in the beginning was a thought, and this thought was with God, and this thought identified the genesis of God and the essence of God. This thought was in the beginning with God. Everything by word that was then spoken became and without being spoken in word nothing happened that happened or became in the thought that turned into a word was life and the light of man and as the thoughts of God as well as his words although they according to God's uh, according to God's words are they are in the unapproachable light Access to the aspect of the unapproachable light is something that only people that are predetermined by God and those that are to be saved. The attempt of the human mind to enter the unapproachable light of, of God in the written word of God are condemned to eternal destruction. The ability of a person to think and to clothe his thoughts into words makes him a intelligent creation in the likeness of God. The ability to speak makes us an intelligent being. An intelligent being is also as an ex a, a existing being that is able to speak or one that is given the ability to speak. One that is, again, given the ability to speak. And if the language of ancient nations nations and evangelists were the treasure that was offered, the biblical na na uh, language is also the un, uh, unending or without end uh, wellspring. The word that comes out of God's mouth in the mouth of his delegated ones it is the concealed word that is concealed for the ones that afford for his children. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of, uh, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion, a wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel, to understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. Proverbs 1, 1 through 6. In order to be clothed into the mantle of a student, and in this way receive access to the imperishable treasures of the word of God that abides forever, it is necessary by being instructed in the faith, cleanse your conscience from dead works so that you can serve the true and living God. The price that we need to pay for the right to, for learning is denying our fleshly life, the house of our father, 
our nation, the house of our Father, giving us the ability to then take up our cross and uh, follow Christ to the imperishable inheritance of his word. All these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled which, which was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Matthew 13, 34-35. And so again, to understand this truth is not possible unless God gives the ability to understand it. And so those who desire to hear it, to, who prepare their heart to listen. And so how in nature and quality are our words to be and our thoughts so that they be acceptable before God's face in order to give God the proper grounds to call their spirit into the rock of his name? Or what do we need to do from our side so that our words and our thoughts would be able to act before God as one command? Before I begin to say, talk about this, I want to say one thing, that every person becomes a planter and water at the same time. If he will not be this, nothing will work. Because when you hear the word, you need to receive it by confession, maybe according to your word. And when you say this, you already, with your words, take the seed of the word and you plant it. Although Paul says, I've planted, but he planted because the people collaborated with the word they became planters, and then they watered, they confirmed this word. <clears throat> and so the first thing that I would like to focus upon is the requirement for us to be able to call upon the Lord with a clean mouth. Zephaniah 3.8.9 <laughs> Therefore wait for me, says the Lord, until the day I rise up for plunder. My determination is to gather the nations to my assembly of kingdoms, to pour on them my indignation, all my fierce anger, all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. For then I will restore the people a pure language, that they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. <coughs> And so by devouring with the fire of his jealousy, then he will restore the people of pure language. Here's not talking about the nations of the world, but those saved nations, so to give them the ability to call upon him with a pure language. To give the saved nations a pure language so that God would pour out his <clears throat> the flames of his wrath upon upon the earth. Upon our earth, he needs to pour out his fierce anger. If you remember prophet Isaiah, his mouth was cleansed uh, <clears throat> with a coal, with fire. 
And so the symbol of the land of the saved nations are, is our body that carries within itself the program of corruption that is genetically inherited by us by the sin of Adam. That is our old person who is the programmable system of the sly serpent, the fallen cherubim. And so for us to become carriers of the heavenly body, it is necessary to inherit it from the second Adam. And for this, it is necessary to judge the uh, old person with his deeds who receives power over us by the words that come out of our unclean mouth. However attractive words may be, however, if the words are unclean, the old person knows, and Satan perfectly knows this, deceiving the people. A person opens the Bible and confesses the words he reads. I apply this to myself. You can't. Faith is from hearing and not what you just read. But from hearing, uh, it says, first you need to cleanse your conscience from dead dead works or how to cleanse it. <clears throat> and so however correct words we may confess with our unclean mouth, they will be as idle words. Unclean words are the unclean or defiled altar, and however offering of praise may be brought upon an unclean altar, it will defile the altar or the, the offering. And so if a person has an unclean mouth, he does not have the legitimate right to call upon the name of the Lord. And if in this state he dares to call upon the name of the Lord, then he calls it to his own destruction. When a person has an unclean mouth, then his uh, words will always be different from his actions. Talking about love and unity, this person, due to his own ambitions, will be behaving opposite of love or unity of heart. I'm going to bring forth one uh, symbolic saying. It's normal when the boat is in the water, but it's not normal when water is in the boat. It's normal for the church to be in peace, but it's not normal when the world is in the church. When we're talking about the uh, church being in the world and the world being in the church. And it depends on the pastor and their sermon. The ability to call upon the Lord with a pure language in the unity of heart with all saints, this gives God the proper basis to keep us from the coming wrath. And so to call upon the Lord, it's necessary to do so according to his instructions. Otherwise, our calling will be uh, before God's sight as witchcraft. And it... <coughs> It doesn't matter how he's violating God's instructions, either due to his ambitions or greed, in the one or the other uh, reason he places himself against God. And so waiting for the erection of the stronghold of life in our body does not mean to be in passive waiting. Uh, pure language that call upon the name of God together in unity with all the saints is a result of our active uh, collaboration with the truth of the word of God and the Holy Spirit <clears throat> a person with an unclean mouth is a person that is foolish or one of the flesh because he sees he believes all words and receives bad rumors about their neighbors and passes them on to others a foolish person the simple believes every word but the prudent consider well his steps Proverbs 14.15 the original says our ways are our words 
these are our ways. These ways we uh, prepare with our words. What words you state will be your way. This is the one you will walk. Watch the words that you say. Are they from a pure heart? Are they pure? Or are we trying to conceal our thoughts? We state one and think something different. This looks good on you, but but you turn and say, oh, she's so foolish. She's always choosing the bad, the, the worst kinds of styles for herself. Do you think it's just in the world people do this? No, people do this in the church also. You say good things in their face, but the opposite <coughs> or... Or you compensate are telling a person what they should be wearing. You shouldn't do that either. We are children of God, and <coughs> we all are individual. One person likes one style, another likes a different style. And <coughs> let a person dress as they uh, as they see fit or correct, and it, of course, is independence of their spiritual growth and understanding also. <clears throat> the results of spreading bad rumors is a boomerang that returns to him and strikes him. And if a person will not allow God, by being instructed in the faith, to cleanse his mouth, then he will be... Uh, Psalm 107, 17 through 20. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107, 17-20 How does God heal a person and save him? He sends his word, but a person needs to accept that word and testify <clears throat> that he's accepted it. If you remember, when Christ healed people, they received healing, and then he told them, go and tell people. Why did he say this? Because when they'll tell people, they will confirm this healing. If they will not tell people about it, they won't confirm that healing. In one situation, he healed and said, don't tell anyone. This was a very different thing because he saw in the person a person needs to confirm it for himself but sometimes we confirm many things for ourselves telling other people what we have and when we tell people what God has done with us we first are confirming in ourselves it's important that what God has done with us to tell God in prayer to confirm it, to tell God in prayer. Tell, stand before God and begin to tell Him what He's done for you and what He is for you, who He is for you. Begin to say what He's done for you. In this way, you will be confirming, you will be planting, and you will be watering that way in your heart. An act of collaboration with the truth and the, and the Holy Spirit 
cleansing your mouth, a person then makes the decision to not watch the mouth of their neighbor, but their own motives, so that they not sin with their mouth and would be able to discipline their mouth with gentleness. I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle, while the wicked are before me. I will watch after my tongue. Psalm 39, 1. But the wicked are always before us. He is always vigilant also until we bind him. He always is vigilant to be able to use our word against us, to give him opportunity to take hold of our body how, in some kind of, with some kind of unclean uh, lust or, or desire or a thought. A person with an unclean uh, mouth due to their uh, fleshly state or their self-opinions uh, is too quick with his mouth and does uh, in his prayer before God. Do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore let the words, let your words be few. Ecclesiastes 5.2 when, when it says few, that's when you weigh everything you will then pray, uh, pray correctly. Sometimes people have told me, after your sermons, I stopped praying. Now I don't know how to pray, I'm afraid. This is a good result. This is already a good result. A person will be thinking about what they say in their prayers before God. Do not be hastily before God, it says, or utter anything hastily. Go, come and meditate before him. Say, Lord, I've come into your presence. I want to be in your presence and meditate about his truth. If the words come, you build them, and then you decide whether you should state them or not. Sometimes I pray and state words, and uh, I want to say something, and then I say, Lord, I'm sorry, wait, but I would like to rebuild the phrase because uh, then it will be proper or acceptable. I don't allow in my words any, uh, uh, any, I don't give way to the flesh because any sort of, the flesh is, is, is good at trying to rephrase things so that it be in, it, in her benefit. When we pray and want to receive something, uh, to be able to somehow ingratiate him to to herself so that he gives something to her. Everything we need, we already have. Uh, God has placed everything upon our account in Christ Jesus. We have in our bank everything we need, and we need to thank God for what we have. And when we thank God, God will allow from this bank to take exactly how much we need. Because if we take everything God has placed upon our account and we're not ready to bear this weight because this this is weight this is <clears throat> a virtue we want to accept this inheritance is a this promise is, is a virtue and a weight that we need to carry this is not just healing this is a great 
uh, virtue and people not ready, they'll just become arrogant in mind. <clears throat> I've met people who were healed uh, would go to all the churches and tell them what God had done with them. It wasn't, uh, their heart did not burn to glorify God, but wanted to show themselves. And in his own eyes, he became very great. But you need to pray so that in your eyes, you be as nothing before the Lord. <clears throat> and be a planter and a water. Uh, but God is the one who grows. What I've received, what I confess, only God's mercy. And so when I pray, I don't give flesh uh, any uh, any uh, opportunity in any way to uh, blame God in something. Lord, is it pleasant for you to watch how, uh, how I suffer? Do you see how I'm sick? How is it for you to look at me like this? This is, again, you can heal, but you're not. But he already healed you. But a person doesn't want to receive. But I don't feel that you've healed me. God says you don't need to feel, you need to know. This is knowledge. Faith, again, is knowledge. And God says, I heal in my way and not how you want it, but according to my words. When you state my words, I take them and I say, okay, you are healed. Sometimes God tells a person in spirit when he repeats this, Lord, thank you, and, and God says you're healed. But physically, you may not experience that. You still feel pain, but you say, thank you, Lord. And healing will eventually come. It's either... Uh, a process sometimes it's with uh, by the help of a doctor we need to again not be hasty uh, when we speak before the Lord you are not just dealing with the heaven or 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 speaking with uh, uh, with God God is holy and be holy in your prayers a person with an unclean tongue is a person that is deceptive and bloodthirsty and judgment is prepared for them. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercy. In fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. This is not talking about people of the world. These are people amongst the nation of God that are uh, in or cons are considered the nation of God. You shall destroy those who speak false falsehood that speak idle words, words that are not in their heart. We need to cleanse our mouth. We need to cleanse our heart. We need to uh, restore our relationship with God and restore our covenant with God to have this pure uh, language. Many of us do not have a clean mouth. They don't pay attention to words that they say. Their conscience doesn't judge them, and so we don't pay attention to them. Uh, it doesn't judge judge us because we uh, is burned out for these words. Uh, when you look in your house, if if you say uh, try to plug something in and this out one outlet is not working workable and everything else is working and lit if you don't pay attention to this one outlet it will never work but you need to fix it uh, and so when you restore again with God 
a relationship, a covenant with God. I want to make a covenant with you, Lord, and my mouth. And God will make this covenant with with your mouth. Uh, purify my mouth with your fire. And so when you restore yourselves in that, because today I together want to pray about this covenant specifically. The Holy Spirit is insistent on this and has been talking about this for a while that I pass on this information that you restore your relationship with God and cleanse your mouth and begin to watch what you say and when you say something after you have restored your relationship with God immediately take those words back say Lord I am not in agreement with what I said I take them back I do not agree with them as the centurion said I I uh, tell one to go, he goes. I tell the other to come. Say the word and my servant will be healed. Words can be sent and taken and, and received. All words are addressed towards something. You don't just say words. This is a boomerang. They return to us. First, the one that we address it to, it goes to, it comes back to us. We come from our heart. May the Lord bless you. And this word comes back to us also. If we tell the unclean and wicked person, may the Lord bless you, immediately this word is a curse because it cannot bless the wicked one or lawless one and actually strikes us. The Lord forbids us, the scriptures forbid us. Cursed is the one that blesses the wicked. We need to know who we're blessing. We need to bless only those who are blessed, although they may be in sin, but they're not the lawless or wicked. They're fighting in themselves. A wicked one is not one who fights in themselves. They don't agree with the sin. It's one who agrees with sin and does not fight in themselves to be free of it. And so how will God uh, destroy them? By their own words. Why, it, uh, before the white throne, will it be silent? Because every person before this white throne, he'll show everyone how he'll judge them according to their words. Your very words will condemn you. You with your words have condemned yourself. When you have applied to yourself what you shouldn't have, when you said things not according to my truth, weren't obedient to my truth, and continued to pray to me not according to my truth, and now you will be judged for that. But I, David, according to your the multitude of your mercy, not because of my words or de- works or deeds, but because of the multitude of your mercy I will worship toward your holy temple I will come into your house he's talking about the church the body of Christ because only in the house of God are we able to receive everything that we're asking from God and that is necessary for us the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ we can receive only in the house of God being a partaker of this house of course let us bend our knees and our heads and we will pray as I said, I want to proclaim together with you, including myself, a prayer 
of repentance for those words that I have spoken that are not in accordance to the standards of the truth. I want my words and your words to be as one command in your thoughts and your words that they be as one command and restore your relationship with God in that because Isaiah said I I will perish. He saw in the presence of God that his mouth was unclean. I live amongst a nation that is un- with unclean uh, lips, and I have an un- unclean mouth. And then one of the seraphims took a coal from the fire and uh, put it towards his mouth. Let us pray. I want you to repeat with me. This will be our common prayer today, a specific prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I open up my heart. I have found that my words are incorrect before your face, unclean, because my words they're unclean and I feel bad about this forgive me I ask you cleanse my mouth make them pure may my heart be pure and my mind may it be renewed I want that my words and my thoughts bless you and be acceptable before you. I repent for the bad words, the dirty words, the deceptive words, the idle words. Forgive me, wash me, cleanse me. I prepare my body for the erection of the stronghold of life. And I need a clean mouth. I love you. I believe in your power and in the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that my mouth is pure, that my covenant is restored, that you are a God of a of covenant with me. I will from now on watch my lips. Help me in this. Put a guard in in front of my mouth and if I say any incorrect word I will take it back. Forgive me. I thank you for that word that I have heard today in the name of your, of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
I have one announcement, but before I announce it, I want to call out our brother, Vladimir. I think for some people they may be unfamiliar with him. He's been coming to this service about four months. In his time, he was born in a Christian family. I knew his father uh, quite well. Uh, we actually grew up when I was a, uh, together. He had sinned, was expelled from the church, was out of the church for a long time. Came here, repented, confessed his sins. And I, according to God's word, proclaimed him justified and told him that you will come for to the service for a specific amount of time and afterwards you can come back to me and we will accept you back and welcome you back. And the time has come. Enough time has passed. He came to me on Sunday, this last Sunday, and asked. So right now we will receive him, we will welcome him back. Let us stretch out our hand, we will bless him and accept him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for our brother that he had died and was fall, far away and you had resurrected him again. You inflamed a new fire in his conscience and we thank you for this great mercy and right now we welcome him back we accept him as member may he be he be a mercy and your uh, your blessing for us and we be a blessing for him may your blessing your protection be upon him may you keep him from all nature of evil and from all nature of sin we thank you for him we worship before you, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome. You may take your seat. And one more announcement. A request that uh, anyone who... There's going to be a baptism service uh, on 3rd of August, and anyone who would like to be baptized, may, if they can please come to Brother Daniel. Uh, uh, Brother Daniel and put their name on the list. And so now let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless, before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. To God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.